0: Welcome to the Cult of the Clock Tower. I am Andrew Nathanson. Every other week, a special guest and I have an in depth discussion about a character from the game Blood on the Clock Tower. Today's character is the Puka, a demon from the Bad Moon Rising Edition, whose ability reads Each night, choose a player, they are poisoned. The previously poisoned player dies, then becomes healthy. Welcome back, everyone. Today we're going to be talking about the Puka, and joining me is Ed. Hey, Ed, how are you doing?
1: I'm all right, Andrew. How are
0: you? I'm doing pretty well. So, Puka. I think I think this is probably the like character that you've talked about that has you know kind of the least uh, we talked about spy and pit hag last which are both characters that can basically just do anything uh <laughs> puka puka's a bit more uh a bit more restrained
1: <laughs> yeah i mean uh, i found it quite entertaining when i was listening to your bmr intro with intro with patrick and capelli and uh you kept both all of you kept bringing up Oh, except for the poker, and I was like, "Yeah, okay, that sounds about right. That sounds like why I'm doing the poker." It just, yeah, it's 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 not still a weird one. It's not horrendous. It's just it's one of those things where once it's fixed in your head the right way, it all makes sense. But. Um, I think because of the changes and various other things to the poker uh, over the over its life so far, um, it definitely is the one that I think I think is probably the demon that people make mistakes with most often, I'd say.
0: Yeah, and it, it definitely has, like, it built up a reputation for being really complicated, because it used to have a lot of weird rules edge cases that weren't very clear. But I think it's all actually fairly clear now, uh, and follows pretty clearly from the ability.
1: Yeah, agreed. Um, so on that vein, I mean, if we're hitting that section <laughs> yeah. zero... Yeah the 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 new wording is is really exact like it is uh, you just have to consider it very uh very logically as per the wording um i think a lot of the mistakes that we're going to see now um with the new ver- version of the wording is just people not necessarily re- reading the the wording straight through and just treating it as a set of instructions the major yeah. <laughs> parts of that are very simply there's no asterisk always remember to wake up your pokers on night one this is uh, this is what your night sheet is for yes and then you go through their poisoned great the previously poisoned player dies then becomes healthy and it's dies then becomes healthy so you are you have you apply this, those effects in that order so it's very important to actually make sure you apply them in that order because this affects your who else is poison sober in terms of who dies of whether that person can die or not. And it's important to remember that is the previously poisoned person, and we will probably get into some details on that when we're talking about specific characters um, when we get to poison and drunkenness, which causes trouble.
0: Yeah, and I, I think the key here is that it's a fully the ability fully references the past or, or the present, I guess. But like, there's nothing that says like, you choose a player, they're poisoned until tomorrow night, then die, which is the old puka wording. Yeah. And it still basically works like that. But now it's the previously poisoned player who dies, which means that that can be deferred by um, the puka being drunk or poisoned themselves and not being able to apply new poison.
1: Yeah. And it ends up, um, I think the thing that's interesting about it, and you've, you've called it out here, is that. What used to be the case is that if you exercised or made a pucker drunk or made a pucker poisoned, they all had the same effect uh, functionally. Whereas now, it is actually slightly different. Now, if a pucker is exercised, whoever they chose the night before still dies. They just don't get to wake up and pick a new player, so no one will die tomorrow night, uh, thanks to the pucker ability. Whereas... The Drunken Poison, oh sure, I've, we've gone down this road, let's just do it. Um, but let's just do it. <laughs> yeah. just uh, Whereas the Drunken Poison, uh, if a Pooker is drunk or poisoned, it doesn't matter which one they are. When they wake up that night, they have no ability. So, uh, the, the previously poisoned player isn't poisoned and they can't die. Also, when the Pooker then picks their new target, they don't get poisoned because the Pooker has no ability. So for the duration of that drunkenness and poisoning no one is poisoned by the pucker no one can die to the pucker the pucker token the pucker poison token however should stay on whoever you last uh, they last poisoned you as a storyteller if you're using a physical grimoire what i usually recommend and i think is in the new rule book but don't quote me on that uh, is that you invert the token when it's no longer in effect so in this case if you've got a poison when you've got your poison token which is the last person the pucker poisoned To show that they're no longer poisoned, but that is still the person the Pooker last shows, invert that token. Um, So you know that you don't give them poison information, etc. When the Pooker eventually sobers up, up, whenever that is, turn that token back over, over, they are now poisoned again. And the next time the Pooker's turn in the Night Order comes, that person dies. This is obviously simplest if they're just poisoned for one night, if the Pooker's just poisoned one night, because... Uh, I, as the Booker, chose Andrew on night one, uh, I get poisoned on night two, say. That will mean that no one dies on night two, Andrew is no longer poisoned from the moment that I am poisoned, and my choice tonight is just completely ignored. Night three, I've sobered up, Andrew's now poisoned. As soon as my turn in the night order comes up, up Andrew dies, and my new choice is poisoned and will die tomorrow night. That could obviously be extended if it's a courtier, um, so if you had uh, a courtier that's drunk the pucker, that would be if they did it on night two, it would be nights two, three, and four. The choices choices are completely ignored, and then night five, Andrew would die.
0: Yep, <laughs> that that I think about sums it all up.
1: I mean, that's most of what I'm on the podcast for. So I can I'll just go now, and Andrew can just talk you through this. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I think it's actually it's actually not that hard of an ability, and the new wording is like really really nice for making it so that you can actually figure out what happens in every situation. Uh, (laughs) Let's talk about playing as the Puka, though. So they're one of those characters that on the first night just chooses players. And so the question I always ask with these is, is there a strategy you can employ with your choice on the very first night when you know nothing about any other characters in the game? Other than, I guess, who your minions are and uh, where they're sitting. My immediate thought is that there's not not, uh, much that you can go off of here. Um, Unlike, say, the Poisoner in Trouble Brewing, who might want to choose their own neighbors or the Demon's neighbors to, you know, try to poison an empath, you can do that same thing uh, to try to poison a tea lady who cares about neighbors, but if you poison a tea lady and then they get one of their neighbors executed, that player will just die, which is the same as they would have died if you hadn't poisoned them. Maybe Maybe it'll work to quickly get the tea lady out of the game so that they die immediately if they are your neighbor. Um... So there's maybe still a reason to do that. Um, but that's about the only thing I can think of.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's. I think there's that. The There is slightly more to that. Because if you've got a tea lady as your neighbour and you poison them, bearing in mind they're almost certainly going to die night two. Um, and that's really good for you. Because, I mean, logically, if they've died night two, you're still alive. Um, and that means you've executed their other neighbour, who've died. And then that looks really sus or would look really sus, apart from the fact that the tea lady has just died immediately after, and so the world where the tea lady is has been hit by a pucker suddenly becomes much more viable, and actually it doesn't implicate you in the same way as it would have done, especially because that tea lady's died. It's one of the things that you'll find as a social read. People won't gen- If someone claims to be a tea lady, executes one of their neighbours, that person dies, and then the tea lady dies that night, most people will generally believe that they are most likely to be the tea lady or at the very least good, because why would an evil player kill um a, a you know that t- that supposed tea lady in that situation who's getting people killed for them? so actually, yeah. that kind of helps you um and,
0: and having them die right away leaves open the possibility that they were poisoned when their ability happened, so both of their neighbors could still be good absolutely now it also looks kind of just like like you were saying, like any other demon would do that also uh, would want to kill the tea lady. As soon as possible.
1: It, it, it I mean, it, it, again, it kind of depends on the, their neighbors. It's almost a good thing because, in especially mid, if you get through that day two in this situation, this makes you look great um, because the only time demons want to kill those tea ladies is when both of the new tea lady neighbors are good, and th- whatever w- has caused the, the the death on the first day to happen. Is gone. So it actually makes you look yes. probably better as a result.
0: And then the other thing you can always think about with poisoning abilities is just trying to like choose players who you think if their worldview gets messed up, they'll be very persuasive about it. Uh, <laughs> and that's more of a social thing.
1: Yeah, um, my other one is um, there's certain people who will generally choose certain other people in the game. Um, you know, if people watch streams, for example, Nikki will almost always choose Ben if he has a choosing ability. Um, if Ben's one of my minions, I might want to pick Nikki. you know if I'm Ben I want to pick Nicky um, there's various people in my games who will pick me disproportionately often and I will poison them as a pucker disproportionately or I would poison them as a pucker disproportionately often because if they've got a choosing ability the odds of them choosing me are quite high and I want to deceive that
0: yeah and and the characters where this is going to be most relevant are I don't know like gambler uh exorcist maybe uh there's not that many characters I think that like who is poisoned matters all that much but there are a few so it's still something you can do well, let's talk about what to do with with like the with regards to your kill rate in general i think is a good topic to go into because puka is one of the lower kill rate demons on the script they kill at most one person per day and will occasionally kill less than that because they poison somebody who dies by other means whether that's another death at night from some other character or just by execution so there are there are a few ways you can miss a kill And that means that you're killing people pretty slowly. As a result, I think that naturally makes it so that the Puka is pretty good at bluffing Zomble from time to time. It really depends on how the game plays out. But if you miss a few kills, you can pretty easily bluff Zomble a lot of the time. And I think this also makes it so that having you or one of your minions bluff something like Gossip can be good. um, So that they can... When your kills do go through at a time when you wouldn't expect a Zombald kill to go through, you have that extra explanation beyond just the minions in the script. Or, you know, bluffing outsiders like Moonchild could maybe, maybe work for something like
1: that. Yeah, if you can line the timing up, that works quite nicely. I think, yeah, the useful thing about it is that the most common reason you lose a kill as a Pukka is because your target was executed. And by definition, that's great for a Zombald bluff because... Yes, that's exactly the time when the zombul doesn't kill. So that's a win-win from your point of view. Um, the The major thing with zombul, with trying to bluff that it's a zombul in play, of course, is that unlike a Poe, who is the other one that that really. Values bluffing Zambul. Uh you don't have a surprise to spring. Like when opposed bluffing Zombul yeah. <laughs> they can they can take the, the 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 sink and go for three kills when people have been thinking it's a Zombul the entire game. Uh, you still only get one, and you have to call it a day in advance. So it can be really risky. It does have advantages because if the sooner you can get people certain it's a stumble world, they do start double tapping, they start killing into the dead, which are you know are executions that aren't going on you. But the problem is that every time they do that, you need to have decide you know you need to have managed to line up your poisons correctly in order to kill at the right time for those, and predicting whether people are going to execute is really tricky Um, i think that
0: it's it's more often going to be a case where you use the zombul bluff to kind of buy yourself back some time that you lost from an unlucky poison so like if if your first night target gets executed you can try to spin a zombul world that they execute that player again and so it's like oh it doesn't really matter that you lost that kill because they just wasted an execution uh so it's kind of like i see it as a way of kind of buying back the time that you lost from your ability like being redundant redundantly killing someone
1: yeah I think that makes sense um, and this does mean that you you do have a sort of minor interest in like in general with some of the other demons in BMR you're you're just trying to throw sus on anyone that isn't your demon that's alive the vast majority of the time whereas when you're sort of maintaining this pukka duality there is always an element in the back of your mind is that you can't just let dead people be confirmed because that leaves Zombul worlds much more restricted. Um I think yeah. that that that's one of the things that can can suddenly collapse collapse the, the worldviews is um you know, it, it's it's very easy as, as an evil player in most situations to be like, well it's fine if I confirm this player, they're already dead. You know, I can say that I gambled them previously and that's a free gamble for me in my bluff. The problem is that you're confirming that person's not the Zombul, and then that sort of ticks on into how the rest of the executions are going. So that's just one extra thing to be a bit more wary of from that point of view.
0: That is definitely true. In general, though, I'm not that worried about the worldview collapsing. Like, I don't want it to happen necessarily quickly because the longer you can keep things in doubt, the better it's going to be for you. But, like, eventually, I think, in almost every game I've seen, the players figure out it's Puka eventually. And and that's because Puka does kill slowly, so there's enough time to figure it out. And and so at, at some point I'm usually expecting that uh, the players will figure out the demon, and I just hope that at that point I've left enough other candidates around that uh, they don't get me. <laughs>
1: yeah, that makes sense. I mean, then this is you know exactly what your your minions are for. To be fair, um, because the the minions can can confuse the worlds for a little bit longer, especially if you've got a killing minion that can kill when you can't or you know fill the gaps or. Or add kills uh, to to bluff the other way. It's not as common to see a pucker bluffing Poe, but if you're looking around, and I would say it's not uncommon for you to look around as a pucker and go, I seem to have heard of a tea lady, an innkeeper, a sailor, a fool. You know, At least two or three of those four. That's quite a lot of protection. It's not unreasonable that a, puk- uh, a Poe might go zero, two, one, zero, three, for example, in terms of kill yeah. counts. And therefore, if you can get your minions to kill at the critical moments, and if you know there's a gossip out there that's gossiping kills for you, it might be in your interests to line those up and try and get for for example an assassin to wait till night four when there's been a gossip kill. You man you failed to kill yesterday because there was an execution of the person you'd chosen. And suddenly you get to go, well, actually, my next, my kill, the gossip that's already gone through are both going to go through and that's going to be two. If we leave that as it is, that's fine. But if we get an assassin kill as well, then suddenly this is a great Poe world that we're selling. And then everyone's going to be really paranoid when they get down to six, five, six players left and trying to make really judged kills on who might be a Poe and not necessarily on who might be a poker.
0: Yeah, and I think that this is the sort of thing that, The minions are, it's really on the minions, not the puka player so much, but I guess communicating to your minions that you are the puka is going to allow them to make these decisions. Uh, Yeah, as a minion with a puka, I'm definitely watching out for any night that there's no kill, and then I'm planning to use my kill the next night. I I guess that's really only the assassin, because the godfather doesn't get to choose when they kill. But yeah, for the assassin, it's like, I would definitely try to use my kill the night after a no death, if possible, to maximize the possibility of having at least two deaths that night which could make it seem like a Poe where one of them got blocked, or it could seem like uh, maybe you'll get three kills if you have another one from somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, as you said, it's it's pretty difficult to make that line up, but it is worth bearing in mind.
1: Yeah, it's so valuable when it works um, as well. And I I think my favorite of that, just to slip slightly into an anecdote, it was a moment we had in a game where there was a Godfather, a Moonchild, and a Pooker, and... The moonchild got executed, so they were killing someone that night. The godfather got to kill someone at night, and the pucker target died, and it just collapsed every opinion into those exactly two worlds. Either we're in a pucker world and <laughs> the moon child was telling the truth and there is the living godfather, or it's all just nonsense and there's a Poe who was trying to sell that the Moonchild was telling the truth when they were actually a minion. <laughs> um it's just this lovely little combination, and yeah, it, and it works perfectly with every set of information, and people were like. Well, if it's a Poe, it's that person. If it's a Pucker, it's that person, and then they just had to fifty-fifty between those two, which was beautiful. But that doesn't happen very often, unfortunately.
0: Very hard to set that up intentionally. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that means that, like, when you're prioritizing your kills, try to keep Moonchilds alive, especially if you know that you have a Godfather, because <laughs> that's going to be yeah,
1: that's, that's going to
0: be one of your best sources of confusion. In general don't try to kill outsiders i mean that's kind of always a demon thing but with, with these outsiders that can really change up the kill rates i think trying to avoid them is pretty good try to get them executed instead
1: yeah i mean but conversely especially if we're talking moon ch- moon children um <laughs> <laughs> if we're talking about the moon child they are get, getting them killed is is never a bad thing for you a bonus an, a potential extra kill can be really handy for you, especially if you've got in the moonchild's ear and you think you have directed them towards someone good. Um, then that's potentially really useful for you, especially because you have that reduced kill rate. It makes it a bit more handy,
0: right? And and they won't be poisoned when they uh, when they do the kill, even if you kill them. Yes, it happens happens like the next night. Yeah, uh, which is why, which is probably why that's probably like the entire reason that the puka specifically makes people healthy, huh? Uh, <laughs> let's see, is it do, we didn't really have anything in the notes about this, but do you think it's possible to really keep up a Shabaloth uh, demon worldview for very long? That, that's the sort of thing where I can't really imagine a situation where you can go out of your way to make it look like a Shabaloth, because it's such a such a specific kill rate.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really tricky. You might manage it by luck um, if you've got a gossip that just happens to kill a lot for you. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but it's it's certainly not something that you're going to be able to coordinate in even in the medium term because functionally the best the most kills you can possibly have to spare as it were as an evil team is you plus an assassin plus a godfather and the godfather relies on um, an outsider dying at the right time which obviously doesn't help with the selling the Shabaloth world so realistically. It's quite tricky, unless again, unless there are a lot of claims of protection characters out there. Because if you have all the protections, it's it's amazingly simple sometimes um, for them to just completely obfuscate the kill count. Um, I've seen you know I've seen Shabaloth games where the kill's gone zero one one zero, which you know poor Shabaloth. But the fact that that's possible does. Throw people off sometimes when uh, when it is a you know when it is a game and you're sitting there thinking oh no I'm being really obvious that it's a puka and people are going well no they, if if they attacked any of these five people last night they might have been protected and then it could so it could have been any of the demons that could be really useful for you and certainly it's worth just and I'm going to say this this applies to fighting the puka as well it just applies to fighting demons in general in BMR um, while we always say uh, look at the kill count. Don't exclusively look at the kill count because those protection <laughs> characters are vital for whether that kill count is being deceived by protection. Like, if protection has worked, that's great for the good team. If protection has worked and the good team are assuming it hasn't worked, that is terrible for the good team. Um, yeah. So you, it depending on which side of this argument you're on as a pucker, you do occasionally probably want to just push around. Oh, I have heard of an innkeeper and a tea- and a hidden tea lady that's not public. So it's potential that they've hit one of those and that sort of thing. And you
0: can fun. always you can always bluff those things yourself and that can that can serve to both make it so that you are trustworthy because there's a lack of deaths and that it seems like there's another demon. So that's kind of steering it away from yourself pretty strongly if you bluff that or even if a minion bluffs that. In general, when you're, I think that it's a decent strategy for the Zambul and the Puka to make those bluffs um, as protection characters or anything that can explain a lower kill rate because that'll steer the way people interpret the kill counts and might buy you some time. Might even be able to convince people to execute the wrong people if you're you know, you're claiming you're the exorcist or something. So yeah, I, I think I think that's a very good point as well. One thing I like to think about with the Puka is that you have a little bit more certainty that your kills are going to go through than the other demons. In the sense that uh, the people you choose will die, not necessarily that you'll be the one that kills them. And that's because you counter the fool and the sailor because you poison them and then they just die. Yes, And so as as a result, I think the other demons, I have to think a little bit more about who they're killing in terms of how to actually get their kills to work so that they can keep the game moving at the speed they need it to. Uh, I think the puka just often wants to think more about who they're trying to poison and trying to maximize the poison. Because there's not that many amazing poison targets, I don't think, in Bad Moon Rising. It, it's all kind of circumstantial. But I I, I think that it, that is where you should be devoting your energy towards finding the best people to poison at the right moments.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, as long as you haven't accidentally picked the fool on night one, and therefore they're going to die on night two and be screaming that they were killed by either an assassin or a puka like you do have the advantage that you can kill a, a fool literally whenever you feel like it. Um <laughs> whereas, you know, the, the, the other demons do all have to take into account, right? I've got to hit them once, you know, you know, especially with um Shabloths. I have to hit them once on this night and then let have a one one fewer deaths, which might be a tell, and then I can hit them again later so that they actually die. Um you you don't have to do any of that nonsense thinking, lark. you can just kill people. Um which is really handy. It, it like you say, it does mean that you do get to spend a bit more time thinking about the poison, but it does also mean that at some point, um, it's worth just having a quick check of, is this in a situation where it's not going to give away that I'm a pooker. um, and yeah. you might you might be fine with that, but yeah, there 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 are times even when you're especially if you're bluffing us on ball um you know it gets to night four and you're going oh should i pick the fool now and you go back through the deaths and it's like well actually in this humble world i'm selling and which my bluff is relying on there can't possibly have been a a kill that was hit the fool already so i can't afford to pick them yet etc
0: yeah i i think also that i was thinking about the sailor as well because you can always kill the sailor i kind of as a puka i think the sailor is like your favorite townsfolk to fight against because they're basically just adding extra drunkenness into the game, and have no ability. You can just kill them anytime.
1: Yeah, that's true. To be fair, yeah, <laughs> you don't you don't really mind about that. You cannot die. It's a bit it's a bit awkward for you if, um, if they're managing to prove that during the day, but you can still just off them whenever you feel like. So yeah, yeah, that's true.
0: Yeah, it's like normally, if, even if they do get like confirmed during the day, most of the time the demon's worried about like, oh, it's going to be hard to kill them later. I never know if it's going to go through where's the Puka can just be like yeah they're confirmed but they wasted an execution to do it and i can kill them anyway uh, <laughs> so it's not quite as bad other than that they're just throwing a bunch of extra drunkenness around during the game so i'd be generally pretty happy to keep a, a sailor alive and just know that you can kill them whenever you need to
1: yeah they especially if they have you know if they've convinced town to go down the route of confirming them Um, that's taken a couple of executions. You can kill them quite happily mid to late game with relative impunity. It's like, well, they were confirmed. That's not a problem kill for you. Um, And usually in that situation where you've got a confirmed sailor, everyone's... the good team are hoping that one of two or three people are going to die because they are the main suspects for Demon, and therefore when you get to that stage, that's the perfect time to just go, oh yeah, this will be when <laughs> I just sink this kill into the Sailor and they die, and all it does is takes an extra day away and doesn't give the good team any more information. Yeah. So I mean, on and yeah, on that same vein, you, you do kill... Yeah, so there's no abilities themselves that that stop you from killing the person you target, which is great, except the goon uh, if you've been, well, I say (laughs) lucky or unlucky, potentially, depending on um, whether the goon has been hit already. Um, And then, uh, so if you're not taking the goon into account, it is literally just the tea lady and innkeeper that can stop you killing, which is really handy, especially if you know you've got one of those as a bluff, or you know where the tea lady is. Um, You can... You have complete impunity, um, especially especially with the way a lot of people play tea ladies, and they, while they're not necessarily public, you know from the the unsubtle nominations you know we're going to nominate one of this person and you know right well one of their two neighbors is the tea lady so i'll just kill people on the other side for a bit until that's narrowed down um the innkeeper i think is the one that's most awkward because it's gutting when you wake up um and you find out that no one's died and you go right did i just turn a goon or uh is (laughs) is there an innkeeper out there that has just blocked me entirely and I've got to go and hunt them down before we can go anywhere else? Because this is one of the other things that you'll find with innkeepers is that, especially mid-game in BMR, if an innkeeper has had a no-death night, when it's a low-death game, they'll go back to the well and protect the same people. Um, So you really need to find the innkeeper in order to get rid of that person you were trying to get rid of.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, that was the thing. We mentioned that in the innkeeper episode. It's just like, the innkeeper needs to die at some point. <laughs> yeah. I think especially against a puka. Puka can't really, like, you don't have enough raw killing power to get around them.
1: Uh, no, absolutely. And I mean, in, having said that, in the same vein, you know, when we're saying that the only things that can stop you killing are a goon, a tea lady, and an innkeeper, when you're a puka, it's it's not the time to try and pull that lunatic Along into the evil team with you, um, because because the chances of deaths being redirected from what the lunatic chose are so low. You know, there's a lot of reasons that other demons. You when you add in the fool and the sailor as reasons that other demons might not kill. That's perfectly feasible for other lunatics, but when you're you're a pucker, there's very few reasons. It's literally just these two why. Um, you didn't kill, so your lunatic's not likely to believe you for very long, and if you've claimed minion to them, you might have a bad time. Um, So (laughs) something to be wary of.
0: Yes. I rarely try to actually deceive lunatics. Maybe this is just a personal problem for me, Uh, but certainly not as the puka. It's too difficult.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think you, I personally lean most on deceiving lunatics either as a zombul or as a Poe. A zombul because eh, if it comes out and I get executed, and especially because when I deceive lunatics, I try and make myself look very miniony, taking a shot. Um, mm-hmm. Although I'm now saying this on a public podcast, so you know this might go. Wrong. <laughs> um, but that's the way I tend to go with it, especially when I then get outed later. Um, you don't, you don't look like such a great Zambul Candidate um, in that situation. Uh, so it's not necessarily the end of the world. And then Poe, because, yeah, the Lunatic might figure it out, but you you can also hurry that kill count at some point just to not give them the time to go through and eliminate the world for the Lunatic. Um, I don't yeah. tend to do it with Booker so much.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So let's see. Let's talk about uh, other things you can do with, like, the Poison. Uh, Things you can try to time out in the game. Uh, You can always try to time, like, convincing a gambler to gamble on you or another evil player, when you know they're poisoned, or at least you know you're planning to. How how does that work exactly? I guess because
1: gambler acts before is there actually a timing? Yeah, gambler acts before poker, so you would have to um, convince them to gamble you the next night. Um, But
0: wait, but then then they die anyway. (laughs) <laughs>
1: yeah, they they die the Oh yeah they die anyway, yeah. There isn't uh, there isn't an order hmm. that works. Okay, out.
0: maybe there isn't a timing that really works with yeah. The, <laughs> the gambler. yeah.
1: Working that through yes, yeah yeah, there's no timing that works with you poisoning them to deceive. But you do get to if you're certain that they're gonna be gambling on someone that's a suspect anyway, you could just poison them the night before and let them die, and yes there'll only be one death, but that's still good. Um, yeah <laughs> I mean, the, the gossip is the one which is more useful, to be fair. Um,
0: gossip and Exorcist as well. Yeah. If you can influence them. But yeah, gossip, if you can if you can poison them when they make a true statement, that can be very powerful, um, especially if everyone's already like convinced that it's a low kill count game and they're expecting there to be uh, any extra deaths to cause, be caused by the gossip, so they'll be kind of easily able to track that. That can be a very useful thing to do. And then they die the next night, which maybe you could—I don't know. It's, you can play that, however.
1: Yeah, I'm aware that we're recommending both that you keep gossips alive to help you with your kill count, and that you kill them to confuse the information. Um, you do have to pick one. Uh, It's—it <laughs> kind of depends on your gossip. If you think your gossip's going to be qu- quite kill-friendly, then yeah, feel free to try and try and play the risky game of keeping them alive and letting them get information at the cost of killing people. Um, but a lot of the time, yeah, I'd it's the advantage with the gossip is that you can wait until a day where they've made a gossip that is really good information if it if it gets a kill and then poison them that night which prevents the kill that night and so they're going to assume that their that really Im- critical piece of information they gossiped yesterday was false um and yes they're going to die the following night but they you can potentially work around that especially if um uh if there are other you know, depending what else you're bluffing in terms of what demons are in play and minions are in play and things, you might be able to get away with that and just make them think that they that critical gossip was false.
0: Yeah, there's this kind of. Uh, I, I find myself kind of going back and forth with Puka because, for one thing, one thing I like to think about is that I try not to sell any particular world like too hard based on the poisoned info because I assume that players will be able to eventually figure out that it's a puka in play and reverse engineer that and know exactly who was poisoned and when. And therefore, if I'm pushing really hard on like, oh, their gossip statement means I'm good, people might be able to read into that. But at the same time, you this is like one of the only sources of poison that the evil team has any kind of control over in Bad Moon Rising. So it's like you do want to try to maximize it. <laughs> so I, I find it kind of a difficult thing to walk that line because it's such trackable poison compared to other sources of poison and drunkenness in the game, but at the same time, you you're the one who gets to control when it's deployed. I guess I guess with the gossip in play, they might have done some work for you in obfuscating the kill count. So when you do decide to kill them later, uh, and use the poison to your advantage to like obfuscate the information, you you can maybe make it that it's harder to reverse engineer uh, who died due to Puka each night. So ma- maybe that might help you to sell that.
1: Yeah, especially um this is the other side of the advantage of when you kill a gossip is that um you can you can try and make it look reactive. Um especially if you're if your minion is in the ear of the gossip, um you can get them to gossip something that looks relatively critical on the, the day that you know they're already poisoned, they're gonna die that night. That can be. Re- I've seen that used to good effect, if that makes sense. So you you know if you if you manage to convince a gossip that oh if you gossip this exact thing it'll absolutely perfectly define define which of these two worlds is correct and then you but they're already poisoned at the time so they die that night. It suddenly looks a lot more like those two. The, one of the two worlds wanted to kill them to prevent them finding out which one of them is correct. If you can get that timing right, but that. That is very much more social, because obviously you've got to convince the gossip to actually gossip that way. Yeah.
0: I'm trying to think of other things you can do. You can use your other um, your other killing minions. Like if you have an assassin or a godfather, you can try to have them sell worlds where the person they kill was poisoned previously. Uh, so for instance, if they like assassinate a gambler or something, who previously was kind of confirming a good player... You can throw doubt on that confirmation. If everybody already believes it's a puka game, then that night where you have two kills, one from the actual puka and one from a minion, uh, the the players aren't going to know which of those two players was poisoned the previous day. So that could make it seem that even though the gambler you know was sober and healthy, uh, the fact that they got assassinated the next night makes it look like it's possible that they were puka poisoned the previous day when they confirmed a good player.
1: Yeah, it's true. It's an advantage of um this is one of the other advantages of the gossip, to be fair, is that every time every time you're late game and everyone is certain that it's a poker world, um every gossip kill, every assassin kill, every godfather kill, um even gambler deaths are useful because it means that there's at least two choices as to oh hang on, whose information is poisoned right now? Um for every single one of those nights and it you, you, it opens up a lot more paths of information, certainly a lot more worlds that can be built, um, because that person, you know, the exorcist and the chambermaid died on the same night well, the, you know, the previous night the chambermaid got this information which clears that person, but the that day, that night, the exorcist had, clear- had picked that person and that would clear them, etc, etc um, yep. so you get to start building a lot more worlds that way, or you get to at least push a lot more worlds, and that makes, the more worlds that you can pushes an evil team without seeming like you're doing it the better you tend to do because the good team gets analysis paralysis
0: <laughs> yes uh and i realized i was just using the gambler as an example again despite having just literally just discussed the fact that you don't really interact with the gambler very much uh <laughs> yeah
1: that's, so uh, yeah so i've went, went across to exorcist chambermaid uh courtier yes, is a another much great one um is <laughs> always really handy to to poison kill at just the right time. um, Cause that could be, yeah, that could be really handy. Um,
0: yeah. <laughs> especially um, if they're going to
1: pick puka, It's just hilarious.
0: <laughs> yeah. If you can, like if, if you can convince them, I mean, it's probably going to be hard to convince them, but like, if you can convince them to wait one more day and then you poison them and then they get to do it. And then you're like, Oh, there's no way it's a they, <laughs> you Clearly it <get> failed. Uh <laughs> Yeah, then then that can be quite good.
1: Just in terms of other priorities to poison. Um, I think it is. To, you know, we've spoken already about about tea ladies. Um, and getting them poisoned because, especially if they're outed enough that people are trying to test tea ladies, that's uh, great because they're probably just going to kill someone. Um, when they try and test that tea lady, because you know right. that you've poisoned a neighbor, <laughs> and that, that was also brilliant. Um, because I think that's one of the other just. Key deceptions that you get to get away with at that point is that a tea lady that protects someone once and only once in a game is just a da in disguise, um, as far <laughs> as the good team's concerned, and that's a happy place for you, especially in the world where you're trying to bluff a different different demon and you've got an assassin rather than a da. Um, you know, people start eliminating worlds based on well, we had to have a da because this happened and then they died, whatever. Um, they you know, we didn't, they weren't actually the tea lady, blah blah blah. Um, you get to really slide under the radar because that tea lady hasn't done what they're supposed to do. Um,
0: yeah, and, and I think that the fact that you poison them before they die makes it so you can get even extra value out of trying to kill tea ladies because, like you are saying, often you'll, the good team will try to execute their neighbours, and so you can make sure that they're just killing random good players, and then you still get to kill the tea lady anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean the the thing is, there's there's I don't think there's any low value targets in BMR for necessarily, um, except you know the the grandmother is usually the lowest value target. There are certainly ones that I would consider in certain situations. So the tea lady, if there's tea lady testing going on, the minstrel, especially if you think that you're one one or. Of your minions is a potential of being executed Um it's great to poison them if you find out about a professor early game getting them poisoned and they might try and use their ability and then you know even if they die the night after that's not necessarily a problem for you you've prevented a resurrection there's a lot of powerful townsfolk that you can that you want to prioritize and I think we've spoken yeah. about you know fools and sailors can afford to wait grand- grandmothers can afford to wait um you know there's a limit to what you can do with gamblers you usually want to leave you well a lot of people want to leave a gossip alive to keep killing people courtiers don't generally poison pukas they tend to go for other demons um do you think so i'm not sure that i've noticed that i feel like
0: i feel i I feel like because puka has a fairly distinctive like killing style where it's just like they kill often enough to tell them apart from zambul but like not often enough to be confused for other demons I feel like they're actually kind of one of the easier ones to figure out is in play and so I've seen them get courtier poison somewhat often
1: Interesting, I've somewhat got the opposite where most of my courtiers panic about dying and so they tend to use, (laughs) the latest that most of my courtiers tend to use is is night three, maybe night four um, and at that point, they've not got much data, right? Because they've got nights two and three to look at, or maybe even just night two. And if there's been a kill on night two and no kill on night three, or a, t- a kill each on night two and night three, they're looking at it going, well, what am I more worried about right now? Am I worried about a Pooka or do I just poison this Poe just to stop the triple that kill? Is true. Um, so I, f- I don't find Pookas getting poisoned very often, but, you know, Clearly, mileage varies on this one. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I think
0: yeah. it's I think it's one of the easier demons to deduce, but perhaps one of the lower value demons to actually poison. So you can kind of see it either way.
1: Yeah, I th- and I think it is timing based. Like if you if your courtier is surviving long enough that they're certain about what demon certain about what demon type it is, um, well, firstly, you know you, your evil team needs to get on that uh, and and find your courtier sooner, um, and but otherwise, I I tend to see them want to use early and therefore worry more about the big killers. Um, yeah. And, you know, this is this is exactly what I mean. It's like a courtier using on night four has two nights of information and, you know, the odds of there being a gossip, the odds of there being a gambler, the odds of there being a minion that has added a kill is probably high enough that you're not usually the highest priority at that moment, which is great for you. Um, so, yeah, like I say, I think There's a lot of townsfolk that you can afford to just leave for now. I think it's pretty 50-50 in the townsfolk of townsfolk that you, as a pucker, you don't mind leaving alive, and townsfolk that are great to get a well-timed poison on, especially in the cases where they are your professors who are going to use an ability that implies certain things and chambermaids and exorcists, etc. So there's a certain amount of of prioritising that poison um, based on how you're trying to sell the world.
0: Yeah. One thing I was just thinking about: Does poisoning the exorcist actually do very much either? <laughs> Is that also a bad example to use because they also go before the demon?
1: Well, if they if they pick you the night that they die, then they're going to say that well, you're then- not the demon. If they don't know, it's a put poker. Oh that's poison.
0: true right because they so that one's less about the the poisoning and more about the fact that they die in the same night that they do choose you right yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's I mean, still the, an interaction there but I think it's not exactly the same one we were necessarily making the point about <laughs> that's,
1: yeah that's fair it's no it's the um, it doesn't affect obviously yeah obviously it doesn't affect the night you're picking because they've already picked at that point but at the point that um, there's too many Ps in a poker podcast, <laughs> uh, at the point that you're picking as the poker, um, you're yeah you, you're worried about an exis choosing you the next night, um, and that if they do, once you've poisoned them, that's perfect um, because they pick you, they then die, they go well it, it, either that person is the poker and they killed me last night, or they're not the demon regardless of what demon it is. Um and yeah. that's quite useful for you, especially if you have managed to do that bit of bluffing as to what demon type is in play. Because even if um even if the town does work out it's a puka, that exorcist still isn't saying you are the demon because there was no death, they're going, Well they could I've not cleared them. <laughs> Because, I, because that's the worst that comes out of that interaction is that you have not been cleared by an exorcist. Whereas, if right. it was a different demon, you would have been cleared by an exorcist. Oh no! Um, so you know, um, so there is quite a bit of value there. But yes, it doesn't. The timing isn't the same as some of the other <laughs> information here.
0: Yeah, I think I think this is highlighting for me the fact that I, BMR to me is like the the addition where it has the most characters that to me feel like they don't work, but somehow the script as a whole works. It's like there's so many interactions in Bad Moon Rising where it's like I feel like there should be an interaction between Puka and Gambler and like the interaction should be different between Puka and Exorcist and, you know, stuff like that. But it's like it just doesn't work. But somehow the script as a whole is still really fun. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's, it's it's a weird the, script in that way.
1: <laughs> yeah, the Puka is the perfect example of this, right? Because um it is uh, certainly at the moment is the only demon that really messes around with time frames um because of this delay on the death the all of this weirdness we've been talking about the weirdness with the Exus, the weirdness with the gambler the sort of the oddity with some of the other abilities is purely because the Pooka acts now, but realistically it affects then. But what that means is that unlike all the other demons where you're like, well, I, if I do something, if I kill someone now, I'm preventing them getting their information tonight, and that's what's important. It, with the puka, it's they're still getting their information tonight, as will the first section of the Night Order tomorrow... <laughs> and then they'll die and you've got this really weird timing effect as a result of that that's what that's what was the problem with the old pooker in the in the wording in terms of sort of how do you rule the stuff that happens between choice and death because normally what happens between choice and death is nothing they're dead you never wake any of them up <laughs> job done but for the pooker because of that delay you've got this time window and so that's what's making it interesting and i really like it because to me, BMR is the script of explanations. There's always another reason something might happen to a degree. And so I, I just love it because the number of times, if you didn't have a Pooker on the script, things like an exorcist would go, well, I chose that person that night and I died that night. They're guaranteed not the demon. But yeah. with Pooker on the script, they're not guaranteed not the demon. They might be a Pooker and they picked you last night. Um, <laughs> and so all of the, the, the interactions are all working along the lines of, Everything, and we say this a lot in Clocktower across the board, but there are hard confirmations in a lot of the other, there, I mean, there's the hard confirmation of the two lady and, you know, of, of not lying not an execution in BMR, but it just, almost everything has another reason in BMR, which is great.
0: Yeah. I think one last thing to touch on in this section before we move on is uh, you put a note in here about what are good bluffs, uh, because this is the only demon that wakes on the first night due to their own ability. So, the chambermaid will pick up on that if they choose you. So, it can be a good idea to choose uh, bluffs that are also wake up on the first night, such yeah. as courtier and sailor.
1: Yeah. Frank, yeah. Basically, my ideal world as a poker is getting chambermaid as a bluff because I know I don't have to think about it. If I don't get it <laughs> yeah. as a bluff, um, and I also don't get courtier or sailor, I'm a little bit nervous because I know that there's a potential that if I'm really unlucky, I could just be caught out straight up just by this one thing. Because the best that you can do as a as a as a any demon, to be fair. Um, but most, yeah, the best you can do as a pooka who's been picked by a chambernade on night one, and there's an, ir- you know, there's a one ping picking up when there shouldn't be, is you can try and make yourself look like a godfather or a da. Um, the problem is that people want to kill da's, um, and they <laughs> well, usually You could want also kill maybe assassinate them.
0: As well. You could assassinate them maybe if you can get your minion to do that, so that it looks like they were pooka poisoned when they chose you.
1: <laughs> True. Yeah, but it depends when. Yeah, it needs to be, that's, it's just so early and that information's yes. not going to come out. <laughs> the chamber made so powerful. Yeah, it's really, it's really hard. Um, so it's just such a, like, difficult stumbling block if you hit it, that it's usually worth bluffing, if if you can, bluffing into that, that space just in case. It's, and also, I mean, the other thing is, bluffing one of the top three characters, or the goon, uh thinking about that. Yeah. One of the top three or the <laughs> goon early game until you find out if there's a chambermaid that's picked you and then switching is quite useful for your, for a puka. Um, You know, if you, if you bluff Grandmother Sailor Goon and find out later that, you know, so, here either directly or through the grapevine or through one of your minions that a chambermaid picked two other people on night one, great, you can switch <laughs> out of that bluff and do something else. Um, And just, you know, because people bluffing Grandmother, bluffing sailor is quite common as a cover bluff it's something that the demon doesn't want to kill so you can switch into literally anything else on the script yeah. <laughs> at that point um but it's certainly a worthwhile backup plan just in case as a puka because you have that extra sort of point of weakness where all the other demons are pretty much uh, impossible to tell apart from the majority of the town because they don't wake up on night one
0: all right let's move on to fighting the puka section two I think there's only a couple things to touch on here that we haven't really already talked about, um, and it's mostly about distinguishing the fact that you have a puka in the game. One of the things I like to think about is using the executions to like simplify the board, kind of. So if you have a situation where you're not sure if it's a zambul or a puka, and you're maybe getting some extra kills due to a gossip, uh, just kill the gossip. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> and that'll... Not only take away something that we've talked about as possibly being a good bluff for a puka, um, but it'll make it so that you no longer get those kills, regardless of whether the gossip co- uh, cooperates or not. It's just like it's just a way of simplifying the board, and then you can more reliably figure out the kill rate. Especially if you're in a situation where you already have low kills, so like wasting an execution wouldn't be that bad.
1: Yeah, I mean, and in the same vein, if the go- if the gossip doesn't want to be killed for for that they they should be making gossips that are reliant on it not being a pucker world um that's quite a good combination of information um if you can turn, turn around your gossip and go look if it's a pucker, then you're confusing things with these gossips so what i want you to do is gossip about things that are relating to it not which only work if it's not a pucker and yeah. then we can build the pucker world completely independently of the deaths of your potential death of your ability. It's I mean it's tricky because you you know that I can't really give examples because that's so highly dependent on the game state and what people are claiming. But that is much, that is possible if you don't think you're going to be able to get that gossip killed.
0: Yeah, that's uh that was the main thing I could think about. One other thing you can watch out for is how reactive the kills are. So if a player is suddenly suddenly gains a bunch of trust during the day and then dies at night, that's a sign that they that there isn't necessarily a puka in the game, more likely to be a Poe or something. Um, but that's very unreliable and doesn't happen that often. I, I think it's the sort of thing where it's just like, you want to be doing the thing you're always doing in Batman Rising, which is considering all the different ways something could have happened and trying to judge, which is the most likely.
1: <laughs> it's it's specifically, like, it, it is that sort of, that that big bomb drop of information um, is the only way you're really going to find that. And a lot of the time... A lot of the time, it also doesn't work because anytime there is that sort of bomb drop mid game, that you 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 already have the people in that doing that bomb drop as candidates, and so the demon might not want to kill them anyway, um, because any anyone dropping big big loads of information or getting really trusted, th- there is always the second world where they're evil and have constructed this. So it does does depend. On that, as to whether you think that they are actually a really solid demon candidate, no matter who the demon the demon is, um, yeah. So it's just something to consider. And I think, um, yeah the 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 difficulty with the pucker is it is just the pucker zombul po worlds. Obviously, the po can really show itself, but early to mid game doesn't really have an incentive to, uh, depending on how big your game is. Um, I I to be fair. I'll say this as a divider: um, If you're in a 13 to 15 player game, Pose tend to want to do big kills early, um, especially because they know that in a 15 player game, the odds of there being an innkeeper out there, a goon out there, there being exorcists and sailors uh, and who are all and tea ladies and fools who are all going to affect their kill count, they have a vested interest in. Just getting the triple early as possible, and assuming that at least one of them won't, won't work. Yeah, um, and so they tend to, you know, if they're lucky, they they don't give themselves away, and if they're unlucky, they do. Whereas in a smaller game, you you just have so much less time to work this out, and this is one of the things that's interesting in BMR. If you're playing seven to nine, you know, Pooka sinks night two, you having executed someone day one then you execute someone day two, and then the pucker triple kills. Well, that's you, you've that's five people dead. <laughs> so <The> po, yeah, <laughs> uh, so po po yes. So you, you can't you can't. A lot of the time in a small game, you always have to say. I think you always have to be in the world of. We have to assume it's a big killer first,
0: and right. then
1: backtrack to a pucker later.
0: And if we survive, we know it's not.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um,
0: uh, and so, I think I think that like. In terms of specific patterns, you can look for is if you're in kind of like a mid sized game and you get a, a night early on with no death and nobody has a super great explanation for that, that's super believable. And then there's only one death the next night. That's that's a very likely sign of a puka. Just because the other. And, and it doesn't obviously, you gotta think about Zomble uh, in terms of who you executed during the day. But like that that's a pretty good sign of a puka because if it was a Po, they'd have killed more people and if it was some other situation there's likely a good player who could explain it so that that's what i would really watch out for in terms of strongly looking like puka is no death than one death early on <laughs> yeah agreed yeah let's let's move on to talking about running the puka as the storyteller i think this is a character where you have to be careful technically about how you run it because it's easy to get confused and you have a few interesting decisions to make with poison with, for instance, Chambermaid, maybe just Chambermaid. The other ones kind of just don't work. Uh, <laughs> and you obviously got to decide what bluffs to show them, which we already touched on a little bit, but we can go more into that. So do you have any thoughts on any of those things that you want to start
1: with? Yeah, I mean, we start with the, the, just the, the technical bit of running the puka. um and, and I mean, I say this every, I think every single... Uh, episode I come and do with you I say this, um, it's all about your reminder tokens and the Pooker is probably the most significant of that um, I see a lot of people who like especially when they're running online because you have an unlimited number of Rinder tokens on the cocktail.online tool. Um, they'll just leave their demon kill tokens on the board. You know, oh, it's on a dead player. I know that I know that they've already been killed and that's not the active one. Um that's not helping with a pooker. Uh you <laughs> really need to to get rid of those as soon as possible. You really need to very carefully work through your token use on with the poker because you need to be absolutely certain about who's poisoned when and who's dying when. Um, to the degree that when I'm running in person, I will very actively put down the second poisoned token uh, to make sure that I've got it straight as to who's poisoned and what what that's going to affect before I switch the original poison token for the dead token. Because uh, it's it's surprisingly easy to make that mistake where. Um, the Pooker has poisoned a tea lady neighbor, and then they poison the tea lady, and then, <laughs> or, well, it's not as common with the tea ladies, to be fair, but mostly with the innkeeper. They, you know, they're opposite sides of the, the circle. They've poisoned one, they've poisoned the other. The innkeeper's already protected them, so in your head, you're already doing, oh, they're safe today, um, and you right. just take yeah. away that poison token and move on, and don't, don't, because you've not had, yeah, you've got to have that token integrity of of matching those up and making sure you put the poisons down. And that seems probably seems like something that I've harped on about, but there's a reason. Um, yeah,
0: it's it's very common to make mistakes. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think you're right. Just just use the tokens uh, as well as you can, and don't actually m- remove or move any tokens until something happens that says you should. <laughs>
1: yeah, but do do it when it does say that you should. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that on the same vein, we'd already mentioned about uh, if you have a drunk or poisoned it fl- flipping your poisoned poker poison tokens upside down just to show that's who the last Poison player was. That's the previously poisoned player, but they're not currently Poisoned because the poker is drunk or Poisoned. And, the, it, you know, you need to do the same thing in reverse. Once you take the drunk or Poison off the Pooka, go back, flip that po- previously poisoned <laughs> player. Uh, That token on the previously poisoned player, geez, the peas, um, back the right way up so that you know that they're poisoned again. um, I think is the other sort of token thing that, that does slip people's minds.
0: What about bluffs showing the puka? You already mentioned that showing them chambermaid or one of the things that wakes up on the first night can be a nice easy way for them to know that they're safe from the chambermaid early on.
1: Yeah, showing them. Yeah, showing them chambermaid and sailor is being nice to your hookers. They love those those as bluffs because it matches exactly. Well, if it, you show the chambermaid, they don't care. Um, but showing them sailor at least no, lets them know that they have a bluff that they can get away with with the chambermaid in play. A lot of the others, they're not so fussed about. It's useful. It's always we've mentioned. It's always useful for a poker to know if there's a gossip in play. Then it, you know, they they don't necessarily favour some of these other claims, uh, some of the other bluffs. Uh, it kind of depends on their minion combination a lot uh, as to what you're putting in play, putting in as bluffs for the poker. But it's worth bearing in mind that uh, pokers can more or less bluff whatever because they're like they they they, they, they like sailor, they like chambermaid, they like innkeeper. Because there's reasons for misinformation out there that they can lead the narrative of. But outside of those, they can kind of go with whatever because they don't have the um, the shabloth problem where they've got to explain a resurrection, um, or the the Poe trying to hide lots of you know, explain why there were lots of extra kills that specific night, or the Zombul as to why there's no deaths. They don't have the same problems of actually I need to have this set of claims in my bluffs. Um what they have is, if you want to be really nice to a poker, give them sailor or chambermaid. Oh, apart from that, you can kind of give them whatever.
0: Yeah, they're kind of right down the middle in terms of all the demons. Yeah, uh, they're kind of the most medium, despite being very strange. <laughs> yes. yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. Um. Remember, always remember that poison, like. Even though we're saying that they're likely to be able to kill their targets, uh, remember that the poison doesn't invalidate protection from the innkeeper or the tea lady. That's something that can be easy to just like not think about. It's just like, oh, they had a poison token on them, so they're going to die because they're poisoned, they can't be stopped. Make sure, you, make sure you keep that in mind. Remember that the courtier suspends their poison, uh, but it, the token shouldn't move for the entire duration of the three days that they're poisoned. So that, that same player who was poisoned long, long ago... Uh, still going to die next. Uh, something we haven't touched on is the self-poisoned puka, uh, which is <laughs> uh, this is a good one because when the puka poisons themselves, they also lose the ability to make themselves healthy, so they just become poisoned forever.
1: Um, I get questions like this not infrequently. the The nice thing now is that because we've done all the Kickstarter characters and all of the base three are very settled. Um, I The questions are sort of running out. But certainly there was a period where I got questions all the time which were like, oh, what happens if I have this loop of things or this combination of things? And the Pooker is happily a very simple example of it. Anytime uh, you have a binary state where it's sort of Schrodinger's poison, if they're poisoned, they can't be poisoned. If they can't be poisoned, they are poisoned. Um, the answer is they're poisoned there we go, job done. Um, and the pucker is a great example of that. So yeah, if the pucker picks themselves because they're insane, um, presumably because they thought they were a lunatic, I would guess. But you know, if they did, <laughs> if they did, uh, the pucker would be poisoning themselves. Uh, there is no ability that can make them healthy because they are poisoned, and so the second half of the pucker ability never happens. Because if at any point you go, well, they're they're sober now. Um, they they're still poisoning themselves and so they don't it, yeah they're still the previously poisoned player no matter what they just never sober up and so you've got a and they poisoned... never die also <laughs> oh yes they're the, they're they're the, never die the only ability. demon that
0: cannot kill themselves <laughs> yes
1: yeah uh, which becomes relevant with some of the kickstarter characters which is fun um but yes you just have a permanently poisoned pucker who never kills anyone and sits there going what did i do um <laughs> i i when people were asking me this, I answered the question, and then I spent quite a lot of time trying to work out a situation in BMR where I'd do it, and I couldn't necessarily. I think it, it, there's probably some massive social read situation where it would make sense, but I don't think mechanically there's an argument I'd be making by doing that. No. Um, but yeah. I have got <laughs> reasons to do it in custom scripts, so, you know, yes. keep an eye out. <laughs> um,
0: I have one last tricky question that I thought of during the episode. Oh. That I don't know the answer to. And hopefully you do. Okay. Let's say the Puka chooses a player. Uh they're poisoned. They die. Uh
1: they're dying to the Puka. To the Puka. Uh-huh.
0: Is is it possible for the Puka to fail to poison someone else and then like is is there a way for them to die the puka fails to poison someone else that person gets revived and is still the last previously poisoned player is i don't know if uh, there probably isn't a timing where this works out because it would have to have the puka failing to poison someone Uh, but i was just trying to think of is there is there any timing in bad moon rising or a custom script that could allow this to happen
1: Give me 30 seconds to think through options, but I don't think so, but I'm now checking...
0: What about with like barista? Barista making someone sober and healthy, so the puka uh, fails to poison them. Is that a thing?
1: Rule of, <laughs> first rule of Jack not being here is we don't talk about barista. Uh, no, the, when, the, <laughs> when the barista makes someone so- sober and healthy, you still put the poison token down on them. It's just it has no effect, okay. so they would still okay. be the previously poisoned player. It's <laughs> just that the poison isn't actually doing anything to them. So that one I can uh, I can eliminate for you. Um, oh wait,
0: wait, wait! I think I've got it. Okay. Actually, it works in BMR. Uh-oh. So Puka chooses a player. Uh-huh. Wait, no. Okay, no, it doesn't work because the, I was thinking about Puka choosing goon.
1: I guess I could see that that was where that was going. Yeah, if, if they, they choose ch- the goon, yeah, they cho- it's the order.
0: Yeah, if they choose the goon, they fail. They fail to kill anyone that night because oh, they get poisoned. That is something. The player dies. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's something we <laughs> should make
1: that clear. Yes. If the Puka chooses a goon, <laughs> so just to run this in order, um, Puka chooses Andrew. Knight one. Um, on night two, the Pooker chooses the Goon. Because the Pooker has chosen the Goon before the second half of the ability, uh, the Pooker is immediately drunk. Andrew is still the previously poisoned player. Um, yes. because the Pooker is drunk. Andrew does not die that night. is drunk by the Goon until the following night, and then Andrew dies. Assuming that the pucker doesn't pick the Goon again, which would be hilarious. Um, obviously this is assuming an unpicked Goon, etc, etc. But, um... Yeah, the, the that's the order. Yeah. is it's they choose so, a player, then the previously poisoned player dies. So if they hit a goon, they're drunk, and the previously poisoned player doesn't die.
0: And so for that reason, like the puka really actually kind of does hate choosing the goon because they lose two nights of kills to it, right?
1: Um, uh, no, no, or, no, no, lose, no, I, no okay, yeah, it's still it just still got, one. It's, yeah. it's still a deferral. This is there was right. a lot of effort went <laughs> into this wording of the puka. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just a deferral. But so you're in the situation. So the yeah, so the goon world still doesn't work. Um, but hyper- so your hypothetical question is <laughs> if somehow uh, the pucker managed to choose someone. Oh, uh, sweetheart. We can do it with sweetheart. Right? No, we can't doesn't matter it's not possible there we go i'm gonna just say that and then when (laughs) someone tells me i'm wrong i will work out the answer um because any time that someone has died to the pucker ability the new poison player has already been chosen and if the new poison player hasn't been chosen then the player can't be dying
0: what if what if they choose the uh oh no exorcist
1: exorcist this exists i'm an idiot um Here we go. Okay, we've gone round. We've gone very round the houses here. (laughs) Okay,
0: okay, okay. So Puka chooses a player. Mm -hmm. Exorcist chooses the Puka the next night. So the old player dies. Mm -hmm. The Puka doesn't wake to choose anyone.
1: The professor resurrects the that old player. Yeah. Then
0: the Puka gets like courtier poisoned or something. So they fail to to apply poison again. The professor resurrects the other player who was previously poisoned, and no one has been poisoned since. But that player isn't poisoned anymore. They've been made healthy by the puka. Are they still the previously poisoned player? <laughs> is my question.
1: <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs>
0: Despite the fact that they're currently healthy.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would that would be correct. Yeah, um, which is an absolutely <laughs> staggering way of getting around an exorcist choice. Um, which I find that's amazing. Um, yeah, I think that works. Puka picks <laughs> Puka picks because you don't even need the courtier drunk. You you can just do it in the same night because the professor resurrects after the Puka's killed.
0: Okay, that's true, but so, it's it's like unlikely the, to happen. Yeah, if, if the, the professor's profan- just choosing randomly. <laughs> well no, if
1: the professor's like, I know that person's information. Yeah, if you're a professor, the Puka's pick right, poker's pick chambermaid. Night one. Uh, Chambermaid has picked Professor and the Professor's grandmother and got a two. Um, <laughs> the, the Professor goes, I know that you're drunk, but social read, I'm sure that you're good. Um, <laughs> Poker, therefore Kills the chambermaid that night, having been picked by the Exorcist already, so they're not making a new choice. Professor goes, I can prove it. I'll pick them. They will have died. They'll come back to life. There is no death that night. Suddenly, Pooka's looking a bit worried about the Exorcist. The next night, the they die. <laughs> yeah. As far as the players are concerned, all that's happened is no death on night two, and the <laughs> chambermaid dies on night three. But they got bad information on night one they'll get good information on night two and then they'll die
0: yep but but like you can have the situation where they die then they get then the courtier poisons the er, drunks the puka the professor sees that the person's dead resurrects them and then they die later again because from the same poisoning
1: that is all legitimate as far as i can tell and i'm holding you personally responsible for it um when someone <laughs> makes it happen um yeah that's fun uh this is my. this is actually my fault for make saying that the base three were settled and that i'm not getting many rules questions anymore so i made you think <laughs> of one
0: yep um, there we go somehow somehow that just occurred to me when we were like with well, the timings weird with professor and i was like is there a way (laughs) (laughs) that you can have them die twice to the same puka choice
1: (laughs) yeah technically yes although it it requires a professor yeah hitting and it being specific in terms of those timings but yeah that's fun i like it
0: and that's actually a situation where your tokens won't help you because you remove the previously the poison token because they get made healthy uh that's true Sorry, well, I broke the game.
1: <laughs> that is a good yeah, that's interesting. Um I think the well, yeah, okay. I think the entertaining things that I'd probably cuz obviously on the night the rele- if assume that it happens on the same night, um in that version where it happens on the same night, you'd have the Pooka dead token and the professor alive token on the same person. Um which is great Um, and in that situation you already know that it's a risk and therefore you can just leave (laughs) leave the Puka dead and Professor Alive tokens there to remind you that it could happen Um, in the yeah in the other situation uh, god help your soul Um, (laughs) right,
0: I'm glad I found something uh, something new that's weird about Puka in this episode
1: (laughs) just when we thought it was solved
0: (laughs) all right ed thank you very much for being on the show um always a pleasure to have you here
1: you are very welcome it's always good to have a chat
0: all right well thanks everyone for listening and you'll hear from me and another special guest in a couple of weeks bye everyone
1: Ah.